Everybody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord had to help him because I've driven it. Hallelujah. I want to do something here. You know, I'm just going to go back to the way it used to be. And y'all follow me or don't. You read, I read it last week. If you're puffed up, just get over it. I don't know. If you don't get puffed up, you'll get in it. It's one or the other. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. Hey, some people are going, well, why do we have to have church like that? Well, you're not. Others will. Look at somebody and say, how are you going to react? Now, <clears throat> I'm going to do something that I used to do back in the 90s, and then they kind of got on to me about it. That's taking off my tie. No, they really did. They didn't like me taking off my coat. I think they teach that in Bible school. You're not supposed to take your coat off. But I didn't go to Bible school. <laughs> I thank God he saved me and kept me. Who is Sister Wilson? Would you raise your hand? Sister Wilson, I want you to thank I want to thank you publicly for letting me know my belly's been big for three years. She sent me some pictures today of the Kentucky retreat, and uh, I didn't have my contacts on. Are you an Indian? No, your face is red. And uh, <laughs> Walter, and um, so I looked at it, and I went over and put my contacts in, and I went, "Oh, this is so old." So I looked like that before COVID. Well. Praise God. I thought this is all about COVID, but no, I guess it's been that weight that so easily beset me. I didn't even know it. Hallelujah. My wife never said nothing about it. I just thought my chest was on layoff. I want to do something a little different, and uh, man, this is going to mess the musician guy up. Have you ever heard James Brown, I Feel Good? Yeah, you've heard it. You're going to hell. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I just want you to rumble me an Elvis Presley F, just like rumbling like the kings come down. Real loud. Hey, hey, hey. There it is right there. Go ahead and do that. Hey, 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 hey. Now, see, y'all are looking at me like, what, 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 what are we about to do? Well, we're just going to change things up. See, I don't like funeral music right before I preach. But every musician in the UPC and out of the UPC immediately goes to the death, burial, and resurrection song. Uh, uh. I like that kind of stuff. In fact, I wrote a, a little song about James Brown at a country, country uh, church. I feel good like I should. It's Sunday night and I'm a pain, y'all right. I feel good. I feel good. I feel good just like I feel good. Oh, y'all looking at me. Come on, let's go with it, man. Y'all said y'all wanted revival, man. Y'all said y'all wanted to change it. Feel good. Feel good. Feel good. 
just wanted to see if some of you could move. I hadn't seen it yet. I felt like the living was among the dead. See, back in the 90s, I'd just come up and make up music like that. And then, of course, they'd go, is, is, are you supposed to do that? Well, there's nothing in the Bible about not doing it. Amen. See, that reason James Brown made so much money on that song, it wasn't too many words. <laughs> yeah, you can go home and remember that. What's that feel good song? I want to read my text. Now, that's just, these people, where y'all from, Lake Charles? Y'all want to go home and go, man, the dude was singing rock and roll in church. <laughs> no, I don't even know if that was called rock and roll. I don't think it was. I think it's called the blues or something. I ain't for sure. I'll sing the immigrant song for the revival's over. That's Led Zeppelin. Going back to the old days, I don't care anymore. Hallelujah, man, that made me feel good. I almost just about wanted to admit. I'm going to tell you, I couldn't walk a year ago, and I was up here shaking my leg like Elvis. And it wasn't because I was about to fall. It wasn't because I had two nurses on either side of me. I got something to praise the Lord about. Do you? That's what we need to be doing in church is praising Him for His mighty acts and His wonders. Somebody holler, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Stevenson. My daughter was able to meet him. She'd been wanting to meet him. And uh, she said it was a hello, goodbye. But she also has made a commitment, depending on the longevity of the revival, which that's not out here to make pressure on him. But she said, on the way up here, she said, Daddy, if we can, I'm bringing my husband to Wallace Ridge He's a Catholic, non-practicing, which that's the way most of them are anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I believe in Catholicism. Well, when's the last time you took communion? Pelosi, you can't. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I said, well, uh, be it known. He's never heard me preach in all these years. I said, be it known, Emily, that I will not change nothing the Lord tells me just because he's sitting there. He might get puffed up, but he might get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. I think that old boy's about ready. My daughter received the Holy Ghost, and she done thrown all the stuff away, and she's just got it. I think four months ago, maybe five, something like that. And uh, just because you're a preacher, don't mean your children. John said, I'm glad to hear that my children. So apparently they weren't in the church until he was on the island. And uh, preacher's kids go through a lot. 
And um, so you need to, you know, some of them say they're spoiled. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe some of them are, but mine weren't. Hallelujah. And, and um, not with a daddy like me. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just wouldn't change. It's like, Brother Poe, if you'll calm down a bit, we'll let you do was, Oh, you, you want me to calm down? That is an open invitation to get crazy. I want to read from the book of Matthew, and uh, this is going to be uh, a text that all of us have read many, many times. If you've been around the church, you've heard it preached. I want to use it tonight to hopefully bring us into a better, stronger position and uh, if you will, turn to the book of Matthew, the ninth chapter, and uh, we'll read about the woman with the issue of blood. Now, don't get, don't get, don't get where, where your spirit says, well, I've heard this preached. You, you have never heard me preach it, so you've never heard this preached. Every preacher preaches different. And we have, we have to take a text somewhere because y'all people are so geared to hearing the text first. I started preaching a conference one time without a text, and after it was over, a pastor came up and said, Brother, you forgot to read a text. And I said, I did? He went, yeah. People want the text. I said, no, they want the message. A lot of you preach the text, but don't preach a message. Amen. So the Bible says, everybody say the Bible. Now, I want you to look at your name and say, Gordon Poe did not write the Bible. Neither did God ask Gordon Poe if he liked it or not. So if you get mad at what Gordon Poe preaches, you're not mad at Gordon Poe. You're mad at God. Oh, I feel God. Hallelujah. Thank God. He just let me off the hook right there. Praise the Lord. Joel Osteen always says, this is my Bible. And I'm going, they probably ain't nothing in it. <laughs> if somebody wasn't to open up. I read one time, Larry Booker told me, read this about Bill Clinton's accomplishments, his greatest accomplishments. It's one of the most fantastic books. And I'm thinking, Bill Clinton, he accomplished? What did he accomplish? And so I bought it. Fifteen bucks back in those days, brother. And I opened it up, and there was every page was blank. And I'm going through the parking lot, I'm like, oh, man, I got a bad copy. I went in there and told the lady, I said, ma'am, I got a bad copy. There ain't nothing in there. She said, there ain't nothing in none of them. And, and Larry was sitting there going, huh, quick read, isn't it? Just cost me 15 bucks. I said, no, hallelujah. <laughs> The Bible says, and behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment, for she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall behold. I shall behold. I want to title this, Can You Believe in Something you cannot see. Can you? I'm not talking about her. Can you believe 
in something you cannot see. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. I ask you to help me now and help me, Lord, to present this message as you gave it to me this afternoon, Lord. So I ask you, God, to help me preach it and let there be an awesome demonstration in the name of Jesus. And everybody said in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Look at somebody and say, please sit on the edge of your seat. One time a little lady in this state told me, she said, you preach for emotions. I said, I absolutely do. It's only the dead that can't show emotion. And I have to know if you're alive. If not, we have to have a Lazarus service. And that means you've got to come forth. So I would do some of this before I got called out. You didn't understand it. <laughs> See, Lazarus wasn't doing nothing till the Lord called him up <laughs> and displayed him in front of everybody. You know what I'm saying? And so the way to not get called out Y'all look at me like calf looking at a new gate. The lady with the issue of blood is quite popular in preaching circles simply because it is an extremely powerful message and can be broken down literally every sentence can actually become a message. But tonight, today, I was sitting there thinking, Lord, now we built a foundation pretty strong the other night and we've got to step it up. We've got to really, I want to go back to where the, with me, I, I want to go back to the place where, and if I have to use a time in the 90s, where right down the road, a little city called Whitehall or a community or whatever that is. Y'all know where it is, right? I was sitting on a platform, not, not sitting, excuse me, I was preaching, standing, and the pastor left. And uh, and after church, he said, there's a pastor who wants to talk to you. And I said, okay. He came on the phone and he said, uh, I need you to come preach for me. I said, I can't. He said, why? And I said, well, I'm supposed to go preach for a church. It's red brick. Got four white columns and a trailer. And a little house is blue right down the, the way from it. And there's a store, it's in a corner. He said, that's my church. And I said, oh, really? I said, well, what, what's the name of your city? He said, Whitehall. Now, y'all got to remember, I don't even know where Whitehall is. And back in those days, we had maps and, you know, Google was something. Oh, no, it was called Giggling. And, uh, you know what I mean? He said, <laughs> and, uh, and so when I, here's what I told him. I said, sir, I, I don't know. But here's what I do know. I'll drive down there. Prepared to preach. But if it's not the place the Lord showed me, I will tell you, turn around and drive home. Because I'm not going to any just place. I'm going where the Lord showed me. Well, I drove down through all them country roads, and I thought, well, where in the world am I? And sure enough, I came down that road. I don't even know the name of it. And there was that red brick church 
right there on the right. I slammed my brakes on, tried to, went down, there was that country store, turned around, drove back, drove in the parking lot. There was a trailer, and there was a blue house down there. And I said, well, my, my. Hair stood up on the end. I had a lot of hair back in those days. Stood up like Lionel Richie's afro. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. Well, I walked into that place, and right there they had that old-time attendance board. Any of y'all remember that? Y'all remember, did they tell you how many was there? All you younger folk, they had a board out there on the uh, foyer things, and it'd tell you, how many was there last weekend? They counted. How many was in Sunday school? How much the offering was? Uh, how many was there a week before that? How many was in Sunday school? How much the offering was? And when I walked in the church, it was open. I walked in and I thought, well, my word. Lord, where in the world is this place? There ain't even no city here. It's just like a store. What's what? But boy, it's a pretty nice little church, you know? And the Lord, I looked at that board and had it had 29 on there. And I looked at that board, the Lord said, mess that up. Like, what? Mess that up. Ain't nobody here, so I just went on over there and I scraped off the 29, had these little black things that you put in there, little numbers. And I scraped off them 29. The offering was $30 and something. He said, do it all. And I just started scraping it off. And all of a sudden, the boss behind me said, can I help you? And I turned around. And I said, no, I got it. <laughs> he said, what? I said, I got it. It ain't that big. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm messing up this church. He said, who are you? Got to remember, I'm in blue jeans. I'm in, I'm in a t-shirt. I'm in a ball cap, tennis shoes. He said, who are you? I said, who are you? He said, I'm the pastor. I said, well, I'm the evangelist fixing to mess up your church, Gordon Poe. He said, well, what is this? I said, this is a beginning of a big revival. There won't be 29 on there, no more. I said, in fact... And I went through there and I put up 116. I said, there'll be 116 people pray through. We're going to have an offering one night of 400 and something dollars. And he laughed and went, oh. <laughs> well, whew, he told me you was pretty crazy, but Brother Paul, you're way down in Louisiana now. You, you out here where they, I said, I, I don't care, give a flying rip where I'm at. I just know what the Lord said. I said, now, if that's not the kind of revival you want, what I need to do is put back 29 and $37.80. And then for last week, you had 21 and 40 something dollars. I said, in other words, the, the more people that come, less money you get. Or we can have revival. And I don't care. My bags have never been unpacked. He said, well, I believe that we need to have revival. And I said, then we're going to start right now and God's going to do something in this little bitty country city that's going to blow people's minds all around here and we started having revival and people got I'm talking about dead on the vine 
When I tell you, brother, I'd get up there and preach my guts out, and they'd sit right there, sister, and do just do this. I'd say, can anybody say amen? And they'd just, and I'd go, that's what I thought. God's healed the dumb before. I'd, I'd try to make them mad. That's the place that told me we get out of church at 11.30 on Sunday. I said, okay. You get out of church at 11.30 on Sunday. First, first Sunday I was there, brother. Sunday morning. I thought they was praising God. About 11.25, I saw people doing this. I said, we're about to have a breakthrough. <laughs> There's a bunch of people started doing that. And then it dawned on me. They showing each other what time it was. And I went, what? So I acted polite like an East Texan, and I shut it down. And he said, brother, that was awesome this morning. I said, that, that was sick. I said, that's the worst service I've ever been in. He said, excuse me? I said, that was the worst service I've ever been in, period, ever. I said, even when I was a hippie, long hair down dirty to my waist, I felt more of God hearing Lanny Wolf play the piano. You'll have to Google that one. <laughs> you know when a man marrying ruffles, something ain't right. <laughs> oh, Lord, forgive me, all the people in China. And so that night, had church, they all just sat there. Monday night, sit there. Tuesday night, sit there. Wednesday night, sit there. I'm thinking, Lord, have mercy. God, are you sure I got the right church? Because you told me to come here, showed me a vision of a red brick church. Is there another one maybe down the road a little bit further? No, no answer, sister. It was blank. Week after week after week, the second Sunday I was there, I thought you maybe it wasn't the second. It might have been a little bit further. Third or fourth Sunday. I thought, you know what? I'm fixing to get fired. I don't like this. So yeah, I'm going to get that sucker to fire me. I mean, I have been fired before. <laughs> I think you got Indian in you, girl. And <laughs> I told y'all I don't care no more. Not that I ever did, but you know. <laughs> And she's over there. Where'd you get fired from, Brother Bo? Right here. <laughs> 32 years ago, whatever it was. And she, <laughs> she went, he told me in front of them. And <laughs> messing up the devil right now. He's going, he's going this direction. No, he's not. He's going this direction. And so, and so Sunday morning came and I said, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to preach a little bit. Can I get that? Teaching lecture thing that you have that's so beautiful. It's on white wheel, white. It's on wheels. I brought it right here, and I started preaching. And now they're smiling at me. They understand that I understand the rules. And boy, they're really smiling now. And it came to eleven twenty-five, and I just kept going. And I noticed a little bit later they started doing like that, and I went and I pushed. That lecture thing, lecture, whatever that thing is called, little pulpit on wheels, all the way to the back door. Turned it around. I said, now, we're fixing to have church. And if you walk out of here, 
you're going to walk over me in the pulpit. Because I didn't come up here to preach to dead people. I come up here to have revival. So if you got a brisket on, it'll be beef jerky before we get finished today. I preached for nearly two hours. But the Holy Ghost began to break. The Holy Ghost began to You're not hearing me. Sometimes you just got to go in there and you got to start messing stuff up until you find what the Holy Ghost wants you to do and then you got to do it with everything you have. Shake your neighbor and say amen. I remember one night I told him, I'm going to preach till somebody shouts. Now see, this church probably ain't ever had to have much of that. Maybe a little bit of it. You're probably going to get some more of it. In fact, I stock market's going down, but I would bet on what I just said. Because <laughs> some of y'all are going to go, I didn't even know my leg was shout till Paul got there. <laughs> and I literally said one night, I just went over mad. I heard a guy tell me one time, he literally told me, Brother Poe, never go to the pulpit mad. I said, I ain't never been in the pulpit when I wasn't mad. He gasped. Well, Brother Poe, you need to change your delivery. I said, I'm mad at the devil when I wake up every day. So how can I go to the pulpit not mad that the devil's messing somebody up. See, if the church would get as mad as the devil as they do each other, we'd be having a real good revival because you wouldn't be mad at your brother and sister. You'd be so mad at the devil that you would have everything in common. You'd be praising the Lord. You'd be on your feet. You'd be clapping your hands. You'd be screaming for joy. Can be seated. I'm just trying to hurry. I'm not going to preach long. And and so I told him. I said I was so mad when I walked up there that night, my pastor. I brought my own Mountain Dew. I know some of y'all like what? I brought a Mountain Dew. It was going to be a while. I was going to have to have caffeine. I knew that. In fact, one served one place up in Ohio brought a Mountain Dew and a Hershey bar. Stuck it right up under there in case I needed a snack. <laughs> I've done some crazy stuff, y'all. I bought a jar of Gatorade and put it up in there. I said, man, way I'm sweating in this revival, ain't none of y'all sweating. I'm sweating for everybody. I'm going to start drinking Gatorade. I started preaching, and it was just like the devil said, all right, let's see what you got, Poe. I'm telling you, it was such a depression on that, and I started preaching. And about an hour went by, and y'all know an hour ain't that bad on me. And I'll hour and 15 minutes, and I'm still going. And about an hour and 30 minutes, and I'm still going. And I, about an hour and 40 minutes, and I was going wide open. I, I, I wasn't preaching as soft as I do now. You got to understand, I was bold in the Holy Ghost back in those days. I was preaching wide open. It hit two hours. And I'm thinking, my God, they're going to kill me. You know, Lord, you're going to have to raise me up. You're going to have to have some water in a desert place, you know. And, and I kept preaching. And finally, a big old guy on this side said, my God, would somebody run the aisles? This sucker can preach. And one man said, I'm going to run the aisles just to get him to shut up. That was exactly his words. 
We all heard it. I said, do it, Bob, do it. And I'm talking about your ten ton. He come running down him. I didn't even know if he had a belt on or not. You know what I'm saying? And he, by the time he got here, the Holy Ghost hit him, and there was a whole lot of shaking going on, if I can say it like that. And I'm telling you, we can have revival here in Wallace Ridge of the same caliber, but you got to get your mind made up that this thing that plagues us has got to go. We've got to have a demonstration. Shake your neighbor and say amen. See, everybody wants to have a revival if somebody else will start it. Every church has the all-seeing eye. I was in a revival with one person. This lady would literally do like this when somebody started running off. And poke her neighbor. And now I got two of them. I asked the pastor, I said, what do they do? He went, nothing. I said, <laughs> he said, they complain about everything. I said, I imagine. I said, I saw some people running out today. He said, we'll hear about it tomorrow. How they shouldn't run the aisles because they they got sin in their life. I went, well, sitting there sin too. What are you going to do about that? He said, you tell them. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. So the next night I'm watching them before church. The pastor had one of them monitor things in his in his pastoral study. And we're sitting there talking, and I'm pacing back and forth, and I'm doing like this, and I looked up there. And there they were, standing up. Looks like two grannies chewing on a beef or jerky. Same piece. I said, is, it, is that them women? He said, I don't even look at that no more. I said, brother. The, the song is cranked up. The people are shouting. They're standing there at the same pew talking the same pew they were last night. He said, they won't miss, but they won't do nothing. I said, bless God, they will tonight. So I got hitched up. See, brother, I put an X on their hide right there. It's like, okay, all y'all other people can do what you want to do, but them two right there, they finna get beat up. They finna get, and they're just sitting there. We walk out. I started preaching, and the blue slap up. People running the aisles, getting healed, actually getting healed. I can't stand the internet when they go signs, wonders, miracles, and healing, and you private message the good and say what happened. He goes, "Good service." Don't advertise something you ain't doing. I heard it somewhere back there. Come on. <laughs> It's like when y'all say, I got a need, and y'all go praying. Nah. I don't talk about face bank prayer, okay? Because those emails get lost like Hillary's. They're just out in the sea of forgetfulness somewhere. 
I mean, Trump can spend $10 extra and everybody knows about it. We got 138,000 emails and the whole internet can't find them. All the hackers in the world can't find them, but they can find your stuff, can't they? <laughs> How many of you ever been hacked? See, some of you ain't even got enough sense when you're hacked. I've been hacked every time I got in a fight. Yo, don't hack me off. <laughs> I looked up there, Pastor Don West, I'm walking out there, and I thought, my God, I'll tell you right now. And that choir is jamming. They're out there going crazy. And I'm just so like, it's, I got to stop it. And I got the microphone. I said, all right, hold it. Everybody go take a seat. People are just, what? And he looked at me like, brother, this is one of your easy nights. You'll get paid for nothing. And everybody's staggering back to their pew. Questioning, why are we stopping this? And I said, you two ladies right there. Now, here's the way it's going to go. You see all these people shouting? All these people dancing? Well, I've been watching you. And you hadn't done none in this whole revival. Now, my wife was here. Now, I'm, we gonna, we're off the Internet tonight so I can, say, I can preach like I normally do. Otherwise, they'll call me up. And I said, now, here's the way it's going to go. You got your hair all piled up. Now, I'm so mad that y'all aren't participating. If y'all don't start participating, I'm going to come back here and put my hands on y'all's buns. And when you get your buns, hands on your buns by Gordon Poe, you will know everything gets shook up. If two old women come out. And I went, that's what I'm talking about. And so the next night, I mean, that night after church, we went to Papa Cedars, and the pastor, I said, do you see them two women? I said, bless God, they got in it tonight. And my wife said, you threatened them. And I said, I did not. I'll tell you right now. And she said, well, I'll tell you one thing. You need to learn to rephrase what you're putting your hands on. I said, I told them I'd put my hands on their buns and Uh, I mean, hairdos. Oh my God, what should I have said? My wife started laughing. The pastor started laughing. My pastor's wife, we were busting. And I still had my hands up like this. And the next night, they started singing. I leaned over and I said, Pastor, I'm going to have to apologize. He said, don't say nothing. Look down the middle aisle. In other words... I might have said it wrong, but they got the message. I might not have said it the correct way, but they got the message. Quit criticizing what you don't understand. Can you believe in something you've never seen? Can you believe in something you've never seen? Look at somebody and say, can you believe it? This lady said, I've never seen Jesus. In fact, Jesus was 21 years, or actually 20 years old when she started struggling. She said, now it's got to change. I've done everything I can do. 
No, you hadn't. Here's the misnomer in this sentence. The other person that wrote about this was Luke. And Luke said when she had done all that she could do. No, Luke, that's what you thought in your mind when she had done all she could do. That's the way that you took the story. That's the way you saw it. That's the way you understood it. But she had not done all that she could have done because she was in the house messed up while Jesus was having crusades all around her. So she could have got up before she did. And all she had to do was convince herself that the stories that she was hearing were true without seeing them happen. Look at your neighbor and say, are you convinced? That's way too quiet. Are you convinced? Now, I had a preacher one time after church come up to me and said, Brother Poe, you know how to stir a crowd. And I said, well, I don't know what you call stir. He said, do you have documentation on all those miracles you talk about? And I looked around at him. I said, what did you say? He said, do you have documentation? I mean, how, how do you keep up with all the... I said, well, I have letters, emails, notes, diaries, and he kind of, <laughs> in other words, you don't have any real proof. And I was preaching the second night of that conference too. So I drove all the way home. My wife said, what are you doing? I said, I get so mad at people that always want to say that he's one of those faith preachers. I just heard it the other day. I just heard it the other day. I, I, I went nuts. All these. This is from inside of the Holy Ghost filled ranks. All these name it and claim it preachers are just going to. I thought, what is ask and receive? I don't know. Isn't that kind of like you got to ask name? Didn't the guy up there in the prayer meeting thing just while ago say, speak? You got to say something. Ain't no such a thing as unspoken requests, brother. Ain't even in the Bible. Well, I have a need. What is it? Well, I don't want to talk about it. Then you don't want it fixed. That's what I tell them. If you ain't got the guts to talk about it, I ain't got the time to pray about it. You got to pray who? Honey, if your son is lost, you ought to raise your hand and say, Bill's lost. That's what happened to our churches. Let me get on that a little bit. You ask Pentecostals to testify right now, and they're scared to death. If I was to tell everybody in here, we're going to have a service, a testimony service right now, there'd be people going, oh, my God, oh, my God, i got to go to the restroom. Used to in the old days, if they had a Pentecostal testimony service, everybody would stand up, and the preacher would have to point at which one he needed. Hello? That's what's wrong. We quit speaking... We quit speaking, we quit asking, and now nothing. You gotta say it. You gotta say it. 
You got to say it. You've got to say it. Why don't you leap to your feet and clap your hands and magnify Jesus? Somebody holler yes. Shake your neighbor and say yes. You can be seated. Them old testimony servers, they'd get so stirred up. I'm going to tell you about O.S.E. Hudson. But let me finish my other one. I got women meeting over here the other day. And I said, I want you all, all to know, all you ladies that was here, is when I was talking about ADHD. Remember that? Is that here? I said I got ADHD or something. Well, I better shut up. The last two letters, I messed up on them very delicately. And uh, y'all will get it tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, so the next night I'm preaching, and brother, when I tell you pastors were like, what's in them boxes, man? I had to have a dude carry them in. I had one of them little wheel, wheel dolly things. What are you doing? I said, I'm fixing to preach on this. My God, Poe, you preach on hour with one note. Well, up there, all I got is a, a little piece of paper about this big. It says, can you believe in something you've never seen? Two sentences that in me, COVID. And I'm preaching, you know what I'm saying? Now, I got other messages in there. I just felt this might be the better. I walk up on that stage. That dude's I said, put it right there. Here comes that guy. He looks up there. And he's standing there. I said, brother, take a seat. I said, why don't you sit over here in the front, front row? You know, sometimes you've got to put your enemy in a position to be defeated. Oh, you didn't hear me. <laughs> Sometimes you got to set them up. Sometimes you got to get the unbeliever in a position that they can either walk out or believe. Sometimes you got to get a somebody that don't believe in it to sit right beside you and you start praising God until they feel it and then they start and then they start believing in it. Sometimes you got to tell them, we're going to the front row tonight because I'm fixing to feel God and I want you to feel you hearing me tonight. Sometimes you got to say, there's going to be a move of God on me so it's going to get on you. You you can be seated. And so that night, man, I'm preaching. And I said, bro, all y'all looking at these boxes. I said, brother, could you help me? I want you to choose any box, reach your hand down in, and grab anything out of there and read it to the crowd. Now, the crowd didn't know anything. And so this pastor reaches in the box looking at me. I handed him the microphone, and he had to read it. And it was signed by somebody. I said, keep it out. Keep it out. Pick another one. He did have another box, and he had to read it. And I said, is it signed? He said, it is. I said, are those signatures on that writing the same? Could this have set me up for a lie? 
You say, Brother Poe, why would you do that to somebody? Because they couldn't believe in anything they couldn't see. So he saw thousands. Thousands. Not 10, 20. He saw boxes. And I said, go through any of them. Because either those people are lying or those people are telling the truth. And I have doubts that 30,000 people or more are lying. Are you hearing me? In other words, devil, you're trying to get me to shut up. But instead of shutting up, I'm saying I'm getting up. I've had all I can stand. I've had all I'm going to take. I had all that I can hear. And so it's time to put up or shut up. And I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to sing his praises. I'm going to sing his praises. I'm going to sing his praises. Somebody holler yes. Shake your neighbor and say yes. You, you may be seated. Now, let me, let, me, let me say that after church, he politely disappeared. My elders brought me in and said, that was so strange for you to do that. What, what, what happened? And I told him, and one of my elders that's passed on now said, son, sometimes you just got to look your enemy in the eye because he's not the enemy. It's the enemy of the cross. So this lady is at home. Everybody say at home. And she's hearing all about these revivals, but she ain't gone yet. That's where I want to get to, right here. She's hearing, she's hearing, hearing, but she's not believing yet. But she keeps hearing. But for two years, she heard, but didn't believe. But then because she kept hearing about it, suddenly the Bible says, she said within herself, if you're going to convince anybody that you want a revival in Wallace Ridge, you're sitting in their seat right now. But revival will never come till you get up. Revival will just be a thought in your mind that is absolutely inconceivable. But if you ever get it in your mind, I can have revival right here. My son can get the Holy Ghost right here. My grandson can get the Holy Ghost right here. My daughter-in-law can get the Holy Ghost right here. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to believe in something I cannot see. I'm closing. Look at your neighbor and say, can you believe it? Now, when I got the Holy Ghost, we're going to just go plow deep. When I get the Holy Ghost, I'm a rocker, a doper, drug dealer, ex-con, been in prisons, been in jails all through East Texas, had some of the highest paid lawyers in East Texas at that time. You can Google them. They're historical uh, figures because they were so good. Gordon Welburn, Rex Houston, they were that good. They're in history books. So you got to realize that my mother started the Longview, Texas church. My mother and my grandma. 
Twelve ladies in an upstairs room. Sound familiar? Hello? Sound familiar? It's My mother told me that I used to like the tambourine so much that I would scoot the bed across to the rhythm of them ladies singing. In other words, I was dancing for Michael Jackson. I've seen moons Michael's never seen. But when I get out in that world, at the age of 15, I went nuts. I was running drugs. I was, I was, doing, I was a bootlegger at 16. That's in the Longview jails. Got caught running whiskey and beer out of Russ County. I'm in Do Russ County, which is a dry county. At 16. So when I get into the church, or when I go to church, my mother always had to trick me. It was like, well, son, you know, we're having a church. We're having a musical. And Mama knew I love music, you know. Dance to the music. Y'all don't know. Okay, let me get over here. The cowboys are going, Did, is that Willie? No, Willie's still wailing. <laughs> Willie, he always did like him. He was a dope smoker with long hair, and y'all thought he was a cowboy. I always say this. I love to say this. When Willie said, I got to go cut the grass, <laughs> he meant it. <laughs> I'll be back after a while. Get the hay baler. <laughs> yeah. Anybody plays a guitar with a hole in it? Okay. I mean, every guitarist knows, hey, Willie, you got a hole in your guitar. Yeah, but I still got strings on it. I'll take, give me some of that smoke. Mama, what, mama tricked me. They're having, a, they're having this. They're having that. They're having this. Easter eggs. I was thinking, man, if I could just get in them Easter eggs, honey. How much does pastor really put in them eggs? But I can make a fortune on Easter eggs. Tell all the kids, I'm Freddy. <laughs> That's some horror guy. I don't know. And so I'd go, and then they'd preach, and I'd be going, "You got to be kidding! I ain't going in all that. I ain't doing all that." I'm. I was there the night on High Street when my rock and roll brother in the same band went to see Mama in church. And all of a sudden, there was so much conviction that Kelly looked over at me. That's my younger brother and said, Gordon, we, we, we need to change. Let's go. And my reply was, Kelly, if you feel it, go ahead and do it. But I ain't going. And I watched my brother walk down that aisle, lift up his hands. In a minute, I could tell he was crying. And I turned around and walked out. I didn't see my brother for years. Because I did not want to mess him up by tempting him to come back to the band or tempting him with drugs. So I didn't see any of my family for many, many years. I didn't know if they were in church. I didn't know if Kelly was still in church. It was just I disappeared. Even today, I don't tell people where I went. But I just disappeared from their lives. But then one night, my brother found me. I was living in a trailer, 
incognito and somebody tipped my brother off. And when he walked in and jerked open the door, I was laying on a couch, zoned out. And I was listening to Led Zeppelin and I had the arm halfway so he'd keep going back. Instead of turning the air conditioner on, I had turned the heater on. And the golden candles that I had, it was so hot in there, brother, that when Kelly opened up the door, it knocked him backwards. And the golden candles were facing the floor. The only thing that saved me that I thought that night was the fact that I was laying on the floor and I was passed out in a coma. But what I didn't know was when mama would go to church and she would hear things that Gordon Poe is playing over such and such that instead of being disappointed, my mother would literally get up and start shouting. And one lady asked her, Sister Poe, how can you have so much joy when you know your son's in a rock and roll club less than three hours down the road doing drugs? And here's what she said. I have joy because my son is one day closer to preaching than he's ever been in his life. She was believing in something she could not see. Is there anybody willing to start believing It's something you cannot see. You've got to do something if you're going to believe in something. Shake your neighbor and say amen. Amen. Just a pole, yes. Why are you? My mother has a shout. We call her the siren. I mean, she does the same thing. Or did. She's passed. It. She just like wind it up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And we'd all say, all right, get out. She finna come. And she just start moving out. And brother, that hair would go down. Him bobby pins, we could have won a Vietnam War with them in three days. Him Viet Cong would have gone through that. Come on, don't new weapons, new weapons. They black and white, black and white. And so many bobby pins coming out of her hair. But you know what had happened? She was screaming, my son is coming back. And you know what would happen? Every woman in that church that had a son that was lost would come out. There wasn't very few of them, brother. And I don't know of any after I got there that just sat there and go, well, I want him back, but I'm not going to broadcast it. It'd be a shout down. I'd hear about it. By now, I'm back with my brother. Kelly say, man, you need to come to church. Why? <laughs> you should have seen mama. Mama's throwing down. She was. What was she doing? She's calling your name. Huh? Out in the public? Yeah, yeah, man. She's sl- slinging her hair all over. Going, Gordon's coming back. And I go, I wish she wouldn't do embarrass me like she knows I'm over at Smith County Electric Company in a concert. My God, what's wrong with her? And Kelly goes, see, you're talking about God. Now, God, I didn't mean it that way. What's wrong with her? She needs to, she's, she needs to get on somebody else. If some of you ladies here and men, I'm a little sick of men letting the women do it all. 
You hear me? It's like my wife needs to shout. Maybe she can get the devil out of her. No, the devil's right beside her. Wanting her to shout. <laughs> Oops. Oops, I did it again. I ain't never understood why them women come out shouting and don't grab their husband on the way out. Grab him by the hair. Well, some of you might not want to do that. Never mind. It might be like, well, okay, Bill, hurry up. I'll put it right back on you in a minute. <laughs> Kelly tell me, Mama's shouting like crazy. Doing what? She's speaking into the wind. I thought that dude was going to preach my message. I started grinning. I said, I got three, three sentences here on this little piece of paper, and he's talking about it in the prayer service. What did I come to church for? We'd go to, go to Turkey, go to Thanksgiving. I'd be smoked up and looking at everybody. You know, when you're messed up, everybody looks like a turkey. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, dude man. My brother-in-law is like whacked out ugly, man. Look at that nose grow. Oh, whoa. Oh. And you know what they'd be doing? It's at, the, at the prayer and the thanksgiving. Lord, we want to thank you for the family being here, especially Gordon. I'm like, what? God, we know he's still in the rock and roll clubs. We know he's still doing things he shouldn't do. But Lord, today we're like a family. We're here together. You've been protecting him. When I'd look up, it'd be like, why? Why don't you say something about Jill? You know what I mean? Why didn't you say something about Because my mother, my mother was saying it before it happened. So I'm going to share with you when I close. I walked up to drove up to her house one night in Roadrunner, and I walked down there and had Siobhan, I had a Siobhan uh, 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 blouse. It was actually a lady's blouse, but you know it was just comfortable. <laughs> Y'all are gonna go, well, brother. You got saved from a lot, didn't you? And, uh, <laughs> it's called chiffon or something like that. Is there a material called chiffon? Yeah. You didn't get that in the men's store. And so, but it looked good on stage. It had purple buttons all the way down here. It had gold buttons, purple cuffs that were about six inches. It had light purple here. And I walked, had puffed up sleeves, and I was going to play. And uh, I stopped by our house, and I said, Mother, I just want you to know, I had enough gold on that if I had all that gold right now, I wouldn't even have to preach. I'm telling you, I, was, I, was, I had more gold than Mr. T. And... I stopped. I said, Mother, I just want you to know, I was, I was going to confront her about calling my name, brother. I'm holding a son. I'm a grown man. She don't need to be doing that. And I said, Mama, I just want you to know I'm going to go play. I want to stop by and see you. She said, well, son, I'm going to say. She wouldn't let me in her house. You couldn't be smoking and drinking and coming in the house. Hello? You, you, all the way till she died, you just couldn't, and you can't mind either. If you smoke and drink, I don't care what you do out there. I don't like it, but you ain't coming in because I dislike that. Yeah. Amen. I love you. You see what I'm saying? And so 
I pulled out a marijuana joint, full one. Had a Marlboro pack full of them. I pulled it out and I said, Mama, you know what this is? She said, no, son, I guess it's a cigarette. And I put it in my mouth, fired it up, took a hit. I said, Mama, I'm a dope addict. I'm a druggie. I'm an, I'm an alcoholic, I guess. I'm a hippie. This is marijuana. This is what I do every day. Every day. Now, I love you, Mama. And I ain't trying to come in. But you just need to quit doing all that hollering my name. And quit doing all that dancing around. And quit all that marching around that church thing on that victory march thing that Kelly says y'all do. Y'all just need to leave me alone because it ain't working on me. I'm smoking it right in front of you. Here's what my mama said. <laughs> Son, I'm glad you come by to tell me that because I got something I want to tell you. I said, okay, okay, mama. Boy, she said, you're going to be a preacher. I said, what? what? What do you mean a preacher? She said, you're going to be a preacher. What kind? Hippie? <laughs> She said, no, it'll be Pentecostal. You'll be having the Holy Ghost. I said, I ain't going to get none of that Kamasaki Yambaha stuff. She said, oh, yeah, you will. And you're going to preach. And I said, Mama, I am. <laughs> I'm smoking. I'm smoking red hair says a million. I know you don't know what that is, but I'm smoking it, and I'm not going to do it. And she said, but see, the spirit that's tangled up with you, in the spirit that I've got, greater is he that's within me than he that's within you. You will be a Pentecostal preacher. You will receive the Holy Ghost. You will get baptized in Jesus' name because I've made sure that I'm not going to quit praising him. I'm not going to quit proclaiming. I'm not going to quit dancing because that revival's coming to my house and you are going to get the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to move if somebody's going to get filled. Look at your neighbor and say amen. Let, let me close right here. You cannot sit here. See, what happens to us is we're human. Everybody here knows that I had got COVID. Had it. Like to kill me. I was in a coma. They gave me five rounds of remdesivir, folks. Two rounds gave all those people in New York, killed them. They gave me two and a half times too much. Now, you're telling me that I had two and a half times more than all the other people in New York. <sighs> you don't think they thought I was going to die? Of course they did. That's the reason they know that Sister Paul see me. Because for 20 days, they had barred her from the hotel. I mean, the uh, hospital. On the 18th day, she just marched in. Now, y'all saw Sister Paul. She's real passive, right? I mean, I heard her. She'd get a little loud. Y'all know now what I live, live with, ladies. Hallelujah. It's like, you will take that dress out. Okay. Okay. And you will smile. Okay. I'm smiling. Brother, when she had enough, sister, she marched her hide up in that hospital. I didn't even know they had not let her up there. I'm in a coma. I don't know. 
she marched up in there, walked in that room. She said, all I heard was, what have you done to my husband? And brother and sisters, my eyes, king. I know that voice. And that one's not happy. And I smiled and I said, hey, babe, what's up? What are you doing? See, I don't talk pastoral and preacher-wise like, oh, God bless my wife is in this place. I'm still an old hippie at heart. I was just like, hey, what's up, baby? You blowing that moon up again, ain't you? Hey, yeah. I'm laying there. I said, what's up, baby? She said, they've kept me away from you for 18 days. I said, who did? She said, you're in the hospital. I said, why? She said, they, they, they must think you're going to die. I said, well, when I look down, folks, I weighed 189 pounds. Right now, you're looking at 240-something. No, don't ask me about the something. I'm going to go home and pray for my belly tonight. Ask God for a miracle right after that meat. <laughs> I weighed 189 pounds. I looked down at my hands. All I see is bones. All I see is meat hanging. I got, I got muscles. There was no muscle. None. Zero. None. That's when I got scared. When I looked down and I didn't even see a muscle, I went, huh, what happened? She said, I'll tell you what's going to go on. Brother, when she walked over to my bed, the nurse came in. She said, who are you? She said, Sherry Poe. And I thought, girl, you right now? Don't want to mess with this woman. She got claws. They'll, they will. And, and the lady said, well, can we help you? She said, no, I'm coming in here to pray for my husband. And she said, oh. She said, he's not going to die. I don't know what y'all think, but he's not going to die. He, he's not. She said, well, now, we, we, we have never. She said, y'all kept me away from him 18 days for some reason. But I'm telling you, he's not going to die. She said, because I'm going to pray for him. She laid her hands on my head and started praying for me. I hadn't been prayed over in 18 days. But all of a sudden, I began to feel like, I don't know what's been going on, but I know I ain't going to die. I don't know what's going on, but I know this. I must not be going to die because my wife done spoke it out and she's praying like crazy. Come on, somebody. You got to get a hold of this and start exercising your faith. Start exercising your faith. Be, be seated for one last time. See, when I got home, brother, when they walked, they got the video. Welcome home. I'm walking like this. You can, you can, you can have the Holy Ghost all you want. But when you're that way and your mind is messed up, because see, I have what they had, what they're calling long COVID. It's the one that messes up the neurological nerve systems in your mind. Not only did it have you winded and short of breath, but it gave you brain fog, double pneumonia. My lungs were messed up. My heart was messed up. The veins in my legs were messed up. There was 13 things that they highlighted that was wrong with me. When I woke up, I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I couldn't keep a sentence. I couldn't talk, and I couldn't even write my name.
In fact, some of the medical documents that we have at home, apparently they sign, make you sign something. When you go in, they just have a line across it. That means somebody took my hand and just wrote a line because they wouldn't let Sherry go in there. So they just took my hand and made a line out of it. And I'm sitting there on that couch when they'd let me get up out of that bed and they bring me to the couch. And I'd sit there and I'd wonder, do I have the Holy Ghost? Now I'm going to tell all of you, if you had that brain fog mess, you start thinking some strange stuff. Because the enemy knows that, listen to what I'm saying, if you can't concentrate, that is an open door. That's why drugs, that's why drugs are so bad. Because you lose your self-consciousness. And the enemy would come in, and I'm telling you all tonight some things that I've, of course, I've never said it in revival because that's the first one I'm in. I would have a voice come through and say, I killed you. And I'd start crying right there on the couch, brother. I've never, I've never been a depressed person. You know what I mean? I, I don't know the spirit of depression. Now, I'd been depressed, but not over and over and over and over. And I would wither up like, what was that thought? My wife would say, why are you crying? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Again, sitting on the back porch to see the sunshine. See, some of you never went through that. I didn't see the sunshine for 45 days. And all of a sudden, a voice would say, you're dead. And I'd grab the chair. What was that? And I'd call Sherry. Sherry, Sherry! Come get me. Come get me. Something's wrong. What's the matter? I think I'm dying. Why? I heard it. She'd say, that's a lie. Here's what she kept pounding in my mind. So I'm talking to y'all. She kept saying it over and over. He did too. I don't think God kept you to let you die. He told me more than once. He would call and say, how you doing, elder? And I'd have no idea what I told him. I do know this, that I probably told him the same thing a hundred times. Probably the same stories. Because the other day I was telling him a story and I realized looking at his eyes, he didn't heard this one. <laughs> I'll just end this quick. <laughs> but he'd tell me, I don't believe God kept you to let you die, I believe God is keeping you from more mighty revival than you've ever seen. My wife would say, God didn't spare your life, Gordon Poe, for you to die on the back porch of our house. God wants you to get in a revival like you used to see in the 90s. And I guarantee you, when he asked me, do you want to come to Wallace Ridge? I said, what better place to kick the devil right in the teeth than the place at Wallace Ridge? Do I have anybody that still believes there can be a massive and mighty revival in this place? 
Come on, clap your hands with power. Clap your hands with power. Clap your hands with power. I believe it's something I haven't seen. Remain standing. While he's encouraging me, and others are encouraging me, I watch, I'm, I, I'm really close. The doctors say to my family, we don't want any stress on this man at all, period. We don't know how he's walking out of here. They had coolers outside our hospital. My, the infectious disease team came into my room, four of them, and gathered around and started talking over there in the corner. And I'm laying there, and I said, what's up? And this guy goes, I'm the infectious disease scientist. And I said, okay, what does that mean? It's all right, brother, I don't need nothing. Appreciate it. I said, what does that mean? He said, you have an unusual case. I said, like what? See, they were reading five shot, five, five rounds of remdesivir. I wasn't. They were reading, code blue means that somebody's coding. I didn't even understand what that meant until I heard it so many times that I told them to close my door. People died in there every hour. Every hour, all night long and day, code blue, code blue. I finally asked the nurse, what is a code blue? And she ducked her head and I went, what? She told me, I said, well, we'll close my door. I don't want to hear anything negative because I ain't coding. But I had some that were encouraging me. Then I had a few that said, what are you going to do? You're going to sell your home and all your stuff? How long are you going to be in there? How long are you going to, how long are you going to be down? I said, I don't know. Well, you're an evangelist, so, you know, you better prepare. And I went, well, what do I need to do? And some of them started listing stuff for me. Sell my house. Downsize my cars. Get a little bitty house. Move back to Longview, Texas. I had all kinds of information coming in there. Sounded good to a COVID head. But then I'd have people like him that say, I'm sending you a check. Huh? What, what do you mean you're sending me a check? I'm sending you a check from the church. Well, I'm not preaching, man. You've already paid me for the Kentucky thing. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're taking the offering. We're checking. We're going to send you a check for. And I'm like, why? in my head, I'm thinking, Sister Stevenson, me and Sherry cried. It was like, why are these people sending us money? We ain't even up there preaching or nothing. What's going on? Because I really couldn't figure this out. My brain was messed up. And I was trying to figure out. He'd tell me, I love you, Elder. We're going to help you. And, and I'd go, okay. But see, everybody else loves you when you're helping them. Or not everybody, but you know what I'm saying. And I'm thinking in my mind that way. Well, what is he, what is he doing? What, what did I, where's, and another preacher, Gordon, yeah. I just sent you $5,000, huh, for, well, talk, 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 talk to Sherry. 
Brother Hale, Denver, Colorado. I can name the people now because Sherry literally, while I can't think, writes a list of the people. And then she started saying, Gordon, we're getting $50 bills. We're getting $10 checks. We're getting $5 checks. And I'm going, from where? What, what is the... And then Brother Jeff Arnold says something on his Arnie's Garage podcast. And all of a sudden, places I've never even been are sending a check. Brother Arnold said you was down. And I'm thinking, who in the world is this? But my little wife was saying, God, if you kept him from dying, you can keep us through the financial storm. It might be rough, and there might be some weeks we don't really know what we're doing, but about that time, a check from Wallace Ridge, a check from Landmark Pentecostal, a check from Brother Arnold, a check from, you're saying, well, my God, what's going on? I tell you, my wife was praying that she could believe something that she had never seen, and it was coming from all across the United States with people I've never seen in my life. Can you believe it's something you've never seen. Keep saying it. I'm through. I just want y'all to know we have not lost one thing. Zero. And it was smaller churches, besides a few, that did it. Brother, I'm telling you, there's people I have never heard of in my life and never been in that state before. Now, if God can do that for me, are you hearing me? If God can do that for me, then why do you want to stay in the house with a disease when you hear about a revival? How long will it take you for you to get up and get where the power is. The only way you can do that is you have to believe before it happens. Tonight I got the Holy Ghost. Jerome Bourne was preaching, talking about miracles. He wasn't really preaching. My mother is down there, doesn't even know I'm there. I'm telling her, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to go with this. Doesn't even know I'm there. I just walked in as a favor to Jill. My little 12-year-old sister, or my sister I left when she was two, I hadn't even seen her. Living for God, didn't want to mess her up. I didn't, know, I didn't even know her. My little brother, I left when he was two. Didn't know him, Jack, Jonathan. And so I sneak in just as a favor to my sister. She said, Brother about Gordon, please do something for me. I said, What is it? You need some money? She said, No, I just want you to come hear this man. He just talks. And I was like, Okay, whatever. I get in there and here's this white haired man. He's just calm as can be talking. And all of a sudden he stops and he starts talking to some people and I slip out. Two weeks later, she asked me, Come back. And I thought, Well, that guy don't do nothing, you know. And so, and that time he walks over here to the wall and he said, Oh, you're back. 
And I'm thinking, what? A dude hire or something? What's he looking at? He's walking right over here. He goes, you're back. He said, you were here two weeks ago, and the Lord told me to tell you something. I didn't, and I've been asking God to bring you back because I need you to hear this. He wants you to hear this. You've been in prison. Now, right about that time, I'm looking around like, boy, that cut the crowd down. I start looking around thinking maybe some of these other suckers are in there and they don't, they, they don't act like it. So I'm looking around like this. I'm thinking, who's got their head down, you know? And he goes, you've been in prison. In fact, you were addicted to drugs. And I'm going, well, Mama said there's a lot of ex-drug addicts in here. And I'm still looking because that prisoner guy probably had his head down. And then he says, and the law here in this town knows very much about you. And... uh and uh, you're, you've run from God for a long time. In fact, I see you going to Florida. And I went, what? See, I had stolen a motorcycle when I was 16 and drove to Florida, stealing gas all the way down there. There was no Google. I did not know where I was going. I wound up living in the park of Orlando City Park as a homeless person. There's many things about me you do not know. About that time, I realized something, something that we cut this crowd way down now. And he comes walking back, and he said, he looks back over there where I'm at. He said, you better make up your mind. Now I'm mad because now he's looking straight back where I'm at, on the nearly the back. And in my head, my brain said, oh, man, you don't know who I am. I'll beat you down in front of all these people. See, that's that old devil. That's literally what went through my head. I'll never forget, old man. I'll beat you down in front of all these people. You don't know who I am. And I'm looking at him real. And he said, and God told me to tell you that it's going to be a short time. You have a short time to make up your mind. I had on rattlesnake boots that night. Both of them seemed to catch on fire. Immediately, I pulled up my feet, and I went, oh! Felt like both my shoes, boots caught on fire, and I stood up. It was three pews to the back. It was a mighty long walk to the front. And when I got to the edge, something in my mind said, you don't know how short, short is with God. It's a short walk to that back door. It's a long walk in front of everybody. But the brain said, you don't know how short, short is with God. Does anybody know how short, short is with God? Luckily, I had had a mother that had danced for years, seeing something in the spirit, but not in the physical. Luckily, I had had a mother that prayed and hollered my name. Luckily, I didn't have a mother that just said, I give up, it ain't never gonna happen. Luckily, that same mother had been praying while service was going on, 
I don't know where my boy is, but wherever he is, God, I want you to move on him. And I was sitting right back behind her. And luckily, I turned to the left and I said, I'm going to the front right now. You know what? I got the Holy Ghost that night simply because my mother never gave up. Somebody in this house needs to hear, it's not time to give up. It's time to touch him. It's not time to give up. It's time to proclaim it. Now, if you have lost loved ones, there's some rules in this revival. I don't like funeral processions coming to the front unless it's a slow service. That's one thing. But brother, we've got to where we just barely walk. Like we, we ain't, We're not even interested, really. People go into Six Flags faster. Go into Disney World, all them queers down there, faster. You don't know what Mickey is. Mickey might not even be Mickey. Who knows? You don't. Apparently not. He ain't never been married. Let's go down to Disney World. Okay, go on down there and support Satan. That's exactly what they are. They just come out with another movie about the Antichrist. And it's for uh, streaming something, video, just doing an article on it. But, but, but when we start walking, here's what happened to it. I'm, 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 I'm trying to help all of us. We walk forward because we haven't seen it. We walk forward so slow. Maybe I'll just get up there pretty close. I'll just get up there pretty close because... I've got to see it. Keep standing, because here's the kicker. When I started preaching, this is what I'm trying to get this church, and God's trying to get this church to hear. You don't know what's going on in the out world. You don't know what's going on out there where, where, where angels are. You don't understand. We understand the natural, the visible. We understand, like I said the other day, this side. It's really hard to understand this side unless you've been over there. And once you get over there, you can't wait to get back. You can't wait for him to draw you across into that world again. And so we we gauge everything by the natural. I'm trying to get you folks to understand that God is doing things without you seeing it as long as you believe it. So let me conclude. When I got the Holy Ghost, my mother whispered in my ear, thank God. And I said, Mama, I got the Holy Ghost, but I'm not going to be no preacher. And my mother said, it ain't over yet, baby. Do you hear what I just said? Instead of saying, Son, I'm so glad. I'm so thankful. Mama's prayers have been answered. Oh, no. She says, it ain't over yet, baby. And I said, Mother, I ain't going to be no preacher. And she said, oh, you will. God's already given me a promise. When did he give her the promise? Let me tell you when he gave her the promise. 
the day before they sent me to prison. In her darkest day, she and her eldest son get in the back seat of L.C. Daniel's sheriff's car. The Lord gave her a promise. The, do you hear me? He was saying to her, it's not over. And for all those years, she had danced and shouted and danced and believed and danced and shouted. But the confirmation was this. She takes me to, she says, I want you to take me to church. I said, let's go. Where's the revival? She said, just start driving down this road. We drove down that road. She said, take a ride. We took a ride. We go way back in the woods somewhere where I had never been. And I said, Mama, where in the world are we? She said, we're exactly where God wants us to be. We finally went down all those old roads until we drove up on a little white steeple church that was sitting on concrete blocks. And she said, turn in right there. Sister, we turned in. I said, Mama, where in the world? We walked into a solid black church out in the woods. I looked over at my mama and we sat down in some little theater seats. I said, Mama, do you realize this is a black church? And she said, we're right where God wants us to be. All the people started coming in. See, God had been working and nobody knew it. And all the people started coming in. And here come the one of the biggest black men I'd ever seen in my life out of the side door. And he walked right down the aisle. And brother, he looked at me and said, my name is Bishop Love. I'm glad to have you. And I was so scared, I didn't even stare at him. I just said, glad to be here. I, you know, I had the Holy Ghost now, folks. I didn't have a gun or knife or nothing. I mean, I this old white boy scared, I'm telling you. And, and, and we're back there somewhere, I don't even know where. And he looks at my mother and he said, Sister, we're glad to have you. She said, thank you. Thank you very much. He walks off. I took a breath. For God in heaven, folks, he whispered in my ear and he said, the Lord told me you had a word for my church. I looked at him in the eye that time and I said, brother, I ain't got a word for nobody. You know what he said? Without smiling, God don't lie. I had never preached a message. I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't mind being a Sunday school teacher, youth leader, not no preacher. But when he said, God, don't lie, my mother was grinning. She reached in her purse and pulled out a writing legal pad and a pencil and said, baby, you better get to writing. God don't lie. God don't lie. I started writing down something about Adam and Eve until this day I don't know what I preach. Here's what I do know. When they call me up on the front, they've got what they call a church mother, dresses in white. And they bring her up on the side and Bishop Love's sitting there and I'm way back out there, I'm scared to death. And she said, I'm supposed to, but they bring her up there and she said, I'm supposed to introduce the preacher. She said, his name is, his name is, well, the bishop's doing this and I walk up right where you are right now. And I said, his name is, she had Coke bottle glasses on. She said, his name is, his name is, uh, Bishop Love, I can't, 
I can't see his name. She said, what is his name? And he said, Garden Poe. And when he did, this little woman that was hunched over, that was over 90 years old, straightened up and said, Who? In a firm voice. And he said, Garden Poe. And she turned and she held out her hands and she said, Come to me, baby. Because 21 years ago, the Lord, while I was in prayer, told me to pray for a man named Gordon Poe and that I would see him before I died. I'm telling you, when everybody thought I was going to a devil's hell, my mama was praying, and there was a black lady that I'd never seen in my life. God gave her a message, pray for God. I'm telling you tonight, God's working on the other side. Does somebody have some kids that need to be filled with the Holy Ghost? You need to hurry up and run to this altar. You need to say, God's working. God's working. If God can do that for Mrs. Poe, Sister Poe, God can do that for mine. I'm not going to be at the house. That's it. That's it. 